0: All right, hello everybody and welcome to Friday Lives. This is our episode nine, our weekly show where we interview broadcasters and different content creators from various grounds about everything live streaming. Uh, I apologize for a little hiccup, we have some technical issues that we'll cover real quick here Uh, that's why we're starting late today super sorry about that thank you everybody who decided to hang out and uh, wait for us I really appreciate this Uh, this show is powered by Restream Studio this is how we run our show and this is how it's happening if you are interested in trying to run your own live show on multiple social platforms at the same time such as YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and much more you can check it out right here with with this link restream.io slash studio you can start your or broadcasting directly from your browser, invite guests, share screens, have captions, graphics, overlays, and all kinds of things, including highlighting questions from your community, which is something that we will be doing later today. So please prepare your questions for me or for our live streaming tech expert. Speaking of our expert, my guest today is Dale Roberts. He is a YouTuber, creator of live streaming tech channel, and he's also a self-publishing expert and brand building consultant. We are going to talk about everything live streaming in terms of technology. So let's welcome Dave to the show. Warm welcome to Dave, hi, and welcome to Friday Lives. How are you doing today?
1: I tell you, Murphy's Law's in full, full effect. (laughs) It's, It's raging at this point. We are doing take two, obviously, but we're here, right?
0: Right, right, yeah, for those people who were hanging out and uh waiting for us to finally appear, I'll give you a little backstory. so just minutes before we were supposed to go live, Dale had a massive power outage at his area, so he's like, "Oh my God, I cannot join you because I'm out of power, computer doesn't work, internet doesn't work." Nothing works. And of course, I'm in panic, panic, panic mode, and I'm trying to find a substitute. And it's really hard to to do that when it's like, oh, hey, can you go live with me with professional equipment? Ideally, with good internet, like right now. Good luck with that, right? That's difficult. So when I was almost ready to get one of our support team members, in, since it's a technology streaming talk today, to jump on and cover, Dale magically had everything fixed. And look at him; he looks great. Everything is solid. And and then, of course, our connection. This stream had a little hiccup, so we had to restart over. So we got the full full house of all the things that can go wrong, right? Like the only thing that is missing is, I don't know, like a helicopter, or Godzilla, like storming into one of our studios. Like that would be the only thing that hasn't happened just yet. And hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, we don't need that. <laughs> I did a little intro for Dale and what you do and a little intro for your channel, which actually I'm going to display right now, live streaming tech on YouTube. Check it out for great tips about live streaming, about how to prepare for beginners or if you're an advanced streamer, what kind of tech you need, what kind of hardware and software. But I will let you also introduce yourself real quick to our community. Please tell us who you are.
1: I am Dale L. Roberts. I'm a best-selling author, as well as what I call a self-publishing advocate. And under under normal circumstances, I'm actually underneath the brand of self-publishing with Dale. But what was born out of necessity was people were asking how I was live streaming video, what was all the tech that I was using. And honestly, I was getting all this information from my brother. And I tried to urge him to start a YouTube channel, but he wouldn't start one without me. So we ended up putting this together a little over a year ago, and you fast forward some time later, and we've really picked up some great traction here. So yeah, we just wanna show people that live streaming online isn't as difficult as you'd think it is. It's not as expensive as you would think it is. And you know, I was ready to rock and roll. Anya and I were trying to do mobile, but unfortunately the internet was just complete trash in order for it to work.
0: Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, it is, it is definitely tricky. So let's just jump straight into it because people were oh, waiting. So I'm just going to go ahead and start my questions. And right in the middle of the show, we will be taking questions from you guys. So please, live streaming technology questions for Dale or anything restream for me, we'll be happy to bring you on and make you part of our conversation. Coming back to jumping straight into it. Why should people learn how to live stream to begin with?
1: You know, we have to look at, first of all, the state of the world and what it's in. Let's just address the elephant in the room. You know, we've got lockdown in numerous portions of the world and even social distancing and isolation to a certain extent. And we can't just simply disconnect and become recluses. Uh, We need to, we're human beings and our psychosocial well-being is thrives on being able to connect with other people. And what better way than to do it through live streaming video because then you're able to connect with numerous people and get it to where they have contact with the outside world and you do too and you build the sense of community. So doing live streaming now more than ever is one of the greatest ways to just connect with other human beings out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's excellent and, and so true. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So your channel is focused on live streaming technology. Who is your typical viewer? Like what kind of people are usually watching live streaming tech and are they industry specific? Do you see any specific trends in, in the type of audience?
1: It's a mixed bag because we do cover just about almost every platform imaginable, hence why we we love Restream. But we uh, utilize places like Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch, and then, of course, the soon-to-be-deceased Mixer and a few other platforms. And what we try to do is communicate a lot of this information with an audience that, first of all, is looking to break into live streaming online giving them simple, actionable steps that are practical and somewhat easy to do and get it to where they understand that they don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get it done because as kind of what you and I had shared prior to jumping on here, I was ready to go mobile, but unfortunately the internet wasn't going to allow for that. I was ready to just call in. I was gonna do anything necessary to make it work because quite frankly, I wouldn't be this live streaming quote unquote Expert. I like to call myself an advocate more than anything if I wasn't exhausting all possibilities. But my audience is primarily people that want to learn how to get online. They want to know what do I need to do, where do I need to go, and what's the technology I need to do to get it done
0: awesome awesome yeah there's definitely there's definitely this kind of attitude that you have to have if you're even entertaining to play with or play around with live video is that you got to be flexible you got to be comfortable with facing the unknown because that's going to be a lot of that definitely and also uh kind of being being resourceful right like just like you mentioned with the phone or thinking like, okay, so maybe I don't have the budget for amazing equipment. I don't have the space for great studio. Maybe I lack other skills and knowledge of how specifically certain software or hardware pieces of this puzzle work, but I can still try. And if I have a message to deliver, I have, there's something going on for me already. So when you talk to people who are kind of trying to understand if, if live streaming is for them and they're just getting started, what are the first things that you tell them? What are the first things that they absolutely need to know if they're kind of entertaining the possibility of becoming a streamer?
1: Know your audience. Know your audience, what do they want? What are they looking for? Because just to simply say, I'm gonna turn on my phone or I'm gonna turn on my webcam and I'm just gonna go ahead and start live streaming it's not going to bring you great results. Now, if you just simply want to do it to get it done, that's fine. But before you do, I encourage you that before you go to any platform, be it a Facebook or be it LinkedIn or be it YouTube, whatever it might be, understand who is your audience and how do you want to communicate with them? This is why Anya even asked, like, who's your ideal viewer? Who is the person that's watching you? And it took Walt and I a minute you know, the co-host of the channel for us to kind of dial in who is our audience? How are we communicating with them? That way we could be able to deliver the goods and could be discovered, if you will. That's the other thing is if you're going to be live streaming on a platform, discoverability is going to be key. And it all starts with identifying your ideal viewer. Why are they coming to you and how can you deliver the goods to them?
0: Awesome. Awesome. Do you recommend kind of imagining that person or even like writing an avatar, like who is my viewer, or like having that imaginary conversation with them? Would you go to that extent uh, when, when you're considering doing this for real and being serious about it?
1: You could do that. If you find that it's hard to kind of flesh out exactly who it is you're speaking to, writing it down might be a good thing. I've been in this business long enough because I've been self-publishing since 2014. Six years is crazy to think. And right. the same premise works for self-publishing and writing is identifying your audience. What is their pain point? How can you be a solution to their problem? So it, it kind of works the same way. So I am i don't necessarily need to put pen to paper. I can just sit here and, and spitball and mastermind with my brother, at least since we're co-running this channel that we can figure that out. But I would recommend if you're new to any of this, if what I'm saying to you, you're like, oh, wait, hang on a second. I've got to identify my audience, then you may need to put pen to paper, sit down, figure out who it is. I mean, because eventually what's going to end up happening is you're having conversations with a camera. You're looking directly into the lens and you've got to carry a conversation with this ideal viewer because as Walt usually puts it, everyone starts out with a big old fat goose egg. No one's gonna show up. I mean, maybe. Some people will probably get their mom to show up. Thanks mom, I appreciate you showing up to my first lives. But beyond that, it's gonna be tough at first. And you need to be able to understand that it's gonna take some time and some patience and persistence and being able to talk to that camera and get comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those who just joined us, Dale and Walt are two brothers and they're running live streaming tech channel on YouTube together, and this is kind of part of their jam and part of their drill that they are two uh, very different personalities, but they're both very much into live streaming and they're sharing their tips and advice, and they're doing amazing uh, reviews and coverage of different live streaming technologies, both hardware and software. So check out their channel. There's a lot there to learn. How often do you see people or hear, I guess, people uh, or read in your chat, but people are saying, I love what you do. I have a lot to say. I'm an expert in, in A or B, but I just don't get, I, I don't have the skills to be a live streamer, whether it's uh, the ability to figure out the technical part of it or whether it's just a personality and being comfortable on camera, but just like, I'm not, I'm not for that. Like, I don't have that skill. How often do you hear that? And what do you have to say to those people?
1: I hear it a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And here's the thing is, I want you to look at this. Let's, let's, I'm great at analogies. I'm going to play along here. I work out and I've been working out since 1999. I had the fitness bug bite me and I always just, I, it's a daily thing for me. And every now and then though, I will see people coming into the gym for the first time. And you know, they're like lost. Well, of course, if it's your first time into the gym, you're not going to know what the heck that equipment is, much less what a bicep curl is going to do. All you want to know is you're like, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So the same thing's going to happen for live streaming. It's going to seem overwhelming at first. Maybe you're camera shy and you're like, ah, oh, I know I need to do live streaming. I watched this thing with Anya and Dale the other day. It says I should be able to do it. but I can't get in front of the camera? Well, the only way to get strong at something. It's much like going into the gym, it's an exercise. You're going to have to get the reps in. You're gonna have to try to do things first and you need to get comfortable with making mistakes in the process. And uh, I'll say this, that today is a first that I've ever had a power outage out of dozens of interviews over the past six years, never had this issue before. But thankfully I had enough grace under fire that I didn't curl up into a ball and start weeping. I mean, I was even getting a hold of my brother, say, hey, could you pinch hit for me? But either way, understand that everyone's got to start somewhere. If you're camera shy, the only way to, to solve that, get in front of a camera. If you're technology deficient, as I hear some people say, like they don't understand technology, start with what you know. That's gonna be the best thing. If this is all you know, start with that. And then you're going to need to become a student of the game now you don't need to become an obsessed student of the game but you need to at least study through books or youtube videos or even looking at the successful people that you look up to modeling yourself off of them i'm not saying that you duplicate or copy or steal or plagiarize from that person you just gotta look at them and figure out what are some of the attributes that you like and how can you incorporate that into your brand when you're live streaming? So it's, it's all gonna come down to the fact that no matter how perfect you have it in your head, when you wanna go live, it will never come out that way. It will never come out that way. As soon as you can get comfortable and get good with knowing that's not gonna be perfect,
0: I know right yeah that's that 's a great analogy that 's a great analogy with the gym and just in general, like yeah, a lot of times when you start something new, you have a vague idea like I want to accomplish this, but you 're not there, and a lot of times it 's so hard to figure out how to 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 get there, especially if you have this kind of stereotypical things in your head that maybe your experience has taught you that like oh i 'm shy i 'm not good i don 't my hair doesn 't look great. Or uh, I, I do have that thing about technology that, and maybe today is a great example that maybe there is some some substance to that. That like whenever I touch technology, everything breaks. Like that was my thing from you know like growing up. It's like oh, if you want like the power to go out, if you want your perfectly working internet to break, just bring me on. Like let's play video games together. Your PlayStation will be on fire in a minute. So like that's <laughs> that's that's like the curse that I thought I have, but then. When I started live streaming, of course, there were little hiccups here and there, but a lot of times the stream went fine, you know, like nothing broke, like the brand new feature actually performed. And that's why it's, I think it's very important to remember that whatever you think you are terrible at, whatever you think that is completely awful around you is not necessarily as bad in the eyes of the others as as it is in your eyes. Like you're always the biggest judge of yourself and you're exaggerating a lot of things beyond, like way beyond uh, the reality. So yeah, that's, that's a good thing to keep in mind. My, yep. my personal two cents to that. So Dale, the promise that you have on your YouTube channel is that you are going to teach people to stream without the hustle. So we kind of touched a little bit on some technical issues and problems that can happen. But how does the hustle typically look like for uh, someone who is starting to stream or who is already kind of knowing what he's doing and wants to advance what she's doing?
1: it's what's the best first steps? What's the best first steps? Now I've obviously talked about what's the best first step and that's identifying your audience. Now let's say you know your audience. You're like, I wanna start streaming, I don't know, uh, Minecraft video games on YouTube. Okay, great, you know what you're gonna be doing, you know where you're gonna be going. Now it's going to be the case of, okay, what do you need to make that happen? So that's where the technology aspect comes in And, and sadly, you know, I'm not the tech nerd of of the brothers here. I can talk about the principles and such, but I can give you a basic idea. And what you're going to want to do is when you're planning to live stream, figure out what it is that you're going to be streaming and what equipment you're going to need. I would recommend that if you're new to this business, do not spend thousands of dollars doing it. Do not fool yourself into delusions of grandeur. I'm getting ready to go live over on YouTube, so I'm going to become the next PewDiePie. Hate to tell you, hate to tell you, that does not happen. In fact, I've been on YouTube since 2016, and right now on my main channel, I've got somewhere north of 34,000 subscribers. 34,000. Now, that's nothing to write home about, but that would required a lot of work and it required a lot of time. It required a lot of energy. And I did not start it out with a sure SM7B microphone. That's $400 there, an audio interface that runs another $350, a Brio 4k, which runs $200. No, I started out with something as simple as a laptop and I used the camera that was on it. I used the built-in microphone that was on it and I got comfortable with the fact that Hey, if it doesn't look good, and if it doesn't sound good, at least I'm taking the steps forward to learn this process and to figure out where am I gonna have hiccups. And as I started to grow my brand and do live streaming, I was able to upgrade on those things. But I would say your best first steps are, of course, identify the audience. And the next thing is, what do you have currently that you can use To go into live streaming, if it's just as simple as an iPhone or an Android, so be it. That's going to have to be it. Now, if you're a gamer, you're going to probably have to do mobile gaming games. If you're a gamer, be prepared for the fact that using a laptop is probably not the most ideal solution, and you're going to probably have to drop your resolution and the frames per second, things like that. Now, before everybody starts glossing over the like talking about resolution and frames per second, I thought he wasn't going to start talking nerd stuff. Okay, I got a little bit of nerd stuff, but beyond that. um, So that's really what I think when it comes to your best first steps, identify what you have immediately available. Do not plunk down hundreds to thousands of dollars. In fact, do not break over $100 in investing in any equipment when you go live for the first time.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's very true. And we are going to get a little bit more technical here, but we also want to keep it reasonably accessible for everybody because, of course, the levels of our audience is very different. We have people who've been streaming for years and they know everything about bit rates and everything about resolutions. But then we have people who are just kind of eyeing this and thinking, is this for me? Should I try? Uh, So we'll definitely keep it on the level uh, that is accessible for everybody. So let's talk software. Uh, I, I know that you created several tutorials. You have a Cool yeah. little red book behind you saying live streaming kit, which is great. Um, I I love the idea of kind of like assembled kits and like list of things. Like here here's here's the kind of like the box that you need to open and then you can start. Right. What would be your recommendation for a beginner and the advanced streamer in terms of the essentials of software for streaming?
1: Okay, so the very first thing you're gonna want to do is just go live on the specific platform. You know, so YouTube has just a way that you can just go live and go on there. Facebook has it to where you can just go live and go on there. That is one of the most simplest ways to start it out. You're gonna wanna look into other software out there. And for the fact that I'm on Restream's channel right now, it just so happens that you can utilize Restream as well. And something actually Anya's using right now, it's pretty new, is the live studio for Restream.io and you don't need to aggregate out to numerous places but the nice thing is is they've made it dead simple for you to where all you need to do is grab the key for the location you want to stream to now it's it's going to be really 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 easy when you go that way now the next step up this is going it's it's almost like a leap up to the very next level is going to be an encoder now there's numerous encoders out there but to keep things simple an encoder is nerd term for saying it's software that gets you onto a given platform. And the encoder that I use is free open source software. It's called OBS open broadcaster studio, uh, studio software, excuse me, OBS studio. There we go. It's easy for me to say, and it requires a little bit more time, attention, and energy for you to add in a mic. Add in a video, put in specific elements like what Anya has around here, what we call an overlay. She has lower thirds down here. That requires so much more. And that's one of the nice things about Restream. They've already got the live studio. By the way, they're not paying me to say this here, folks. <laughs> I'm just a fan. So, you know, that's that's a lot of work. But once you get it set, see, I use OBS. I- I'll be straight up with you. I don't use this simple type stuff because... I already know my way around it i'm able to understand it we've have a lot of tutorials for obs now the next one's going to be and i apologize if i step on any feet when i say this streamlabs obs streamlabs obs is another fantastic option it's a little bit more plug and play than what obs studio is they have templates that you can use they have overlays, and you just can customize all those things. Makes it a little bit more easy. My biggest reservation when it comes to Streamlabs OBS, otherwise known as SLOBS, everybody last whenever I call it SLOBS because it's the acronym. But either way, uh, the one thing that I had issue with was about a year ago, they kept updating the software and they kept updating and updating. And it's, it's free software, so it's gonna come with its fair share of headaches, hassles, and horse manure. And what was happening is I would get ready to go live and rather than planning ahead, like I probably should be, I'm getting ready to go live at 3 p.m. I go ahead and I start setting things up five minutes to the hour and Streamlabs OBS needs to update. And then it would erase a template in there and I was like weeping. So that's why I just switched over to the more hard way of doing things in OBS Studio. And uh, I've been using it ever since. It's it's fantastic software. We've got a ton of tutorials on it. Now there's there's other ones out there between the Ecams and the X splits and such like that, but I can't speak on those ones because I don't know about you. I like free baby.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that it's uh, probably a big thing to mention that OBS, uh, Open Broadcast Software, is really open to everybody. It's free. Uh, You can download it on uh, your Mac or your PC. So no matter what kind of hardware you have, it's free of of charge and you can uh, play with it. it. It's a little quirky at first. If you don't know what you're doing and you're not a professional video editor, I remember myself. Several years when I just joined Restream, opening that thing to just kind of understand it since Restream is integrated with them and thinking to myself, oh my God, like this is crazy. And I was kind of proficient in Photoshop. So like I've seen editing software before, but this was a whole different creature. But oh, yeah. then like Dale said, you have a ton of tutorials on YouTube. There are a lot of things that you can just figure out natively. It's not as intuitive as your iPhone maybe, but it is still something that uh, you can kind of like try and arrow and, and figure out, especially if you're not doing anything super fancy, and if you mm-hmm. want to upgrade and learn more and actually get super cool effects and get multiple sound ingests and multiple cameras, change scenes and all that great stuff, it's all available. There's so much online that can teach you to do that. It is, yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, we kind of covered the OBS question. question. Uh, so yeah. what are the, since you are very proficient in it, uh, what are the probably the key things people need to know about OBS when they're starting, like anything that people should just be like, let's give them a little bit of encouragement that when, when you open this thing up and there's so much going on there, like what are the things that you really need to pay attention to and possibly go live way easier than it seems compared to, you know, to certain software.
1: Mm-hmm. So with, with OBS, when you first started out, just, Anya and I are not downplaying this by any stretch. It can be overwhelming when you first open it up. And that's why I leaned a lot on my brother when I first started this, because he'd already been streaming and he's went to school for computer technology. And so I'm like, okay, he obviously knows what to do. So he helped me out. And the big thing is this is if you don't have a brother like mine and you're like, I don't have the time to sit down and watch all your YouTube videos. The nice thing is you can just open up OBS there's a few things you're gonna to need to do is, there's two different types of things you need to look at. There's something that's called Scenes, and there's something called Sources. I'm pointing at this area, pretending like this is the screen you're gonna see in the this dashboard. This yeah. So with the Scenes, I'm just gonna make this real easy. Let's say you just wanna go on live. You wanna have one basic scene, and then under Sources, you're gonna press the plus symbol to add in a web camera that you might have and to add in your microphone that you have. And you're gonna press plus, and you're gonna search for those specific portions of technology, and you're gonna to wanna to test it out. Now, you don't even have to go live for this. This is so easy, you just have the scene already set up, you go into sources, add camera, add microphone, and that's it, and you'll be able to see this little tachometer, and it's over here right inside the dashboard, and you'll see, It'll just kind of show when you're talking, it'll kind of move up to green, yellow, and red. We want to make sure that when we're talking, it's right around the yellow. You don't want to be tickling the red because it's going to start to make this like weird. <laughs> it's like really loud and it starts to rumble the microphone. And that's not good. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have probably done that. You just, just screamed in my ear. What the heck? The next thing you're going to do is go in to settings. It's going to be on this portion of the OBS software and you're going to select settings. This is where we're going to set up the whole thing. Now this is, it's a little bit of a deeper dive, but I'm going to give you a very basic overview. What you're going to need to focus on is where you're sending it to. And there's this little option. As soon as you hit settings it's going to open up on the left-hand side. It's going to say the funny thing is you can tell I've done this a lot, right? It's going to say stream over here. You're going to go over and select the platform you're going to want to go to. Uh, and there'll be a drop-down menu. It'll say Facebook, it restreams in there, by the way. It'll say YouTube, Twitch, and quite a few other ones as well. And you can select yours. And then you're going to need something that's called a stream key. Now that might seem like Greek. If you're brand new to something like this, it's all right. One of the easiest ways to figure out where your stream key is, is go to the platform in which you're planning to stream to. Uh, So if you've got a YouTube channel, you're gonna go into your live dashboard and it'll have your stream key available and you're gonna copy that and paste it on over there. Now, there is an integration in OBS that you can click connect to account. And it'll do that and it'll send it on over there and you can grab your stream key. So wherever it might be, it'll get it and it'll get you to log in. It could be Facebook. It could be um, Twitter. It could be Twitter periscope. It could be Twitch. That's what I meant to say. Any number of those things, and you can be able to get it connected and it makes life easy and as soon as you have that all set, you should technically be ready to go. You should there's other small finite things. And without me sharing everything on the screen and telling you, okay, you need to look at your bit rate. You need to look at your resolution. What is your resolution of your stuff? That's a lot of stuff. I at least give you the very basic overview of set up the scene, put in your two important sources, get your settings dialed into the proper platform with your stream key. And one of the best ways to kind of figure out is to just go live. And what I would recommend is if you end up going live, just name it test. Because when somebody sees that it says test and they happen to show up, they're not gonna be angry at you. They're not gonna be putting thumbs down like crazy because they know that you're just testing things out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also I think a lot of people think, I remember when I first tried to live stream a game, I was under impression like, oh my gosh, like there's gonna be all these people, they're gonna comment on my gaming skills, which are non-existent, and (laughs) they're gonna be like so angry about whatever else I say but the reality of the situation, unless you're extremely fortunate, like I was with this live show, Restream Gaming, this wonderful platform with our community to already kind of cater to and talk to. It's a huge community that we built over years. So I'm super grateful and fortunate to have all those people already there for me. But for the most of us, uh, when you start your own gig, it's not going to be that many people who are going to show up and like put you down. So don't worry about it. And if if anyone showed up and is not being very nice and, and pleasant with you, then just, you know, learn to shrug it off because this is going to be life as, as a live streamer. There will be people who will be trying to upset you, but that's, that is not something that you should be focusing on by no means. Switching gears, let's talk hardware a little bit. Sure. What are the must have essentials for the starters who are, and those who are looking to advance in terms of, you know, your live streaming hardware toys?
1: hmm okay so i would say for anybody that's going to be starting out the very first thing you're going to want to have is just the means to do it so let's just say you have a mobile devices so let's say you have a, a laptop or a webcam on your pc or your mac that's a great place to start but if you're going to end up investing in anything i would say invest in a good mic and a good mic can run you under a hundred bucks a hundred dollars And a USB mic, no less. Yetis are fantastic. You can invest in something like that. Look at some of your favorite streamers and figure out what they're getting. Now, I'll recommend to you, I don't know what Anya's mic ran her, but I know that this Shure SM7B, that's about $400. I would not recommend anybody starting out to get a Shure SM7B because it requires an audio interface and things like that. But the very first thing you should invest in is sound. Video is forgivable. People can forgive potato quality video, but when it comes to audio, if they can't hear you and you're real choppy or you're like, okay. they're they're gonna deuce out. They're gonna be like, I don't understand what this person's saying. Like, you know. So if there's gonna be something you invest in, get a good microphone, and it doesn't have to be super expensive. The very next thing you're gonna want to invest in is a good camera, uh, a good webcam. I'm gonna say this. This is like the gold standard of live streaming when it comes to good budget and you know getting it to where there's not a big learning curve and is the logitech c920 like it costs fifty dollars fifty dollars it's can be cheaper than a microphone for crying out loud i still have a logitech c920 in fact my wife uses the logitech c920 and she has a channel and oh my gosh when she goes live when i go live 40 80 people tops She goes live, a couple hundred people show up and she's using, by the way, just a simple Logitech C920. She's never really upgraded beyond that because she said, keep it simple. And you know what? You can't argue with that because she has monetized a full brand over on YouTube and just crushes it through live video. So that would be your very first things, mic video. The next thing is to make your video better. you don't need a big fancy thing, but I'm just gonna go ahead and pull this in shot. LED. Yep. So that was right outside of this. See the difference it'll make. You see, I've got a lot of shadows here on my face, but I instantly go ahead and improve the quality of the camera simply by adding an LED. And that right there, that ran me probably 20, 30 bucks. There's some that are even cheaper. If you don't have the discretionary expense to get something like that, use a lamp. Just get anything to get yourself well lit. Right now over here on the left-hand side, I've got picture windows. Oh, so that's why I'm getting a lot of ambient light. So if you can get yourself in, in ambient light, even better, because it'll make your camera, it takes the worst potato quality camera and upgrades it. You can, you know, have the worst camera in the world, but if you give good lighting, it will change everything. So those are at least the very basics, mic, camera, lighting. There's other things you can kind of put in there, but I try to keep it as simple as possible. Those three things, if you can tweak those, makes a world of difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and brag about my stuff too, (laughs) since we decided, since you mentioned my microphone, mine is actually an AKG. AKGP 220, 220. this is about 200 something dollars mic so it's a little bit over like the, the most basic cheap USB microphones but it is a USB uh, mic and it has this little thing right here you see like a little controller but it doesn't require any additional software so it's basically all pretty pretty mechanical when it comes to like just connect it and it sounds Good, it, to, to my standard, in my opinion, considering that I have a huge echo problem because I'm streaming from a massive room with like pretty much ceiling toll o- over the moon. So and with a lot of glass around. So that, that is definitely, 100% agree with Dale that the quality of sound is your uh, number one concern, especially if you're thinking about repurposing content. That's something that we do at Restream. A lot of times we will turn pieces of this show and many others into uh, short clips on social media. For that, a lot of times we remove the video, we just show the portrait or like a little avatar of uh, my guest. And then just a little piece uh, of something really interesting that they covered. So there the key becomes the sound, uh, the, the sound becomes the key, not the other way around. And also we repurpose it into podcasts, which is also something uh, that a lot of people consider in order to grow their audience. Another thing that I noticed specifically on LinkedIn, uh, that a lot of people are actually experiencing these streams as podcasts to begin with. They're doing their work and they just have it on the background, right? And they're actually typing up things. So the sound is the thing. Other than that, yeah, it's a Logitech web camera for me and Elgato lights. I have two. I love how they make me look. Oh, uh, they are,
1: are nice
0: they're nice and shiny and pretty, and they're two hundred dollars each and you probably you'll probably be fine with one. I like this this effect from of those two lights coming from two different directions because I was dependent on my window at first. But mm-hmm. and luckily, in Austin, Texas, we typically have sunny weather, but sometimes when it gets cloudy, I had this weird effect of like you know when the sun goes away, like it kind of controls the lighting of my stream, so now i 'm independent uh, i 'm weather independent, so that is something that i 'm definitely enjoying, so the lights are lights are definitely a great addition to to your setup, uh, and you can invest a lot in your streaming setup. You can go all the way up to thousands and thousands of dollars and oh, build yeah. a studio. <laughs> But this is not where you wanna start and this is not what you need to be successful.
1: No, no, so. I, absolutely not. These are things that I just added on in between sponsorship deals and YouTube AdSense, course sales, consulting fees, things like that. I'm able to upgrade it. I, I was holding up the Stream Deck. Do you have the Stream Deck yet?
0: No. That's, uh, and Oh, actually uh,
1: attach your Elgato lights to that and actually trigger it with this. So this little deck here, I just held up for everybody. It's it's called the Elgato Stream Deck. And uh, the nice thing is it's, it's hotkeys. So essentially like if you have numerous like scenes or let's say for instance, you're talking to a guest and you need to clear your throat, you can kill your mic there and then turn it back on. It's really, really nice to have the stream deck and in something like what Anya has, let's say for instance, she discovers that her light is too bright. Like maybe she started getting some ambient light and so she needs to kill her lights just a little bit. She can actually go over to her Elgato stream deck and then start to decrease the uh, amount of light she's getting from her Elgato lights. That's why. I, I love me some Elgato. Elgato, hit me back here, man. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I love your stuff.
0: Yeah, and actually, even without the Stream Deck, with the lights that we got, like, check this out. I can make it super crazy bright. Like, it hurts my eyes. And I can make it a lot darker, right? Uh, just from my laptop. Like, there's this I don't even know how it's called. It's not an app, it's like a little extension, but it's not a browser extension. It's just an extension on your computer yeah. uh, right next to where your Wi Fi, your network is appearing. And you, you, just, you just get it there. And then at any moment of time, you can control the warmth, the temperature, and you can control the uh, intensity of your light. And that is just so wonderful for me because again, technically challenged. Is that how you called it? <laughs> technically <laughs> challenged person. I'm enjoying that simple, easy, super user-friendly solution. Definitely a big fan of Algar as well. If you hear me, hit me up as well (laughs) because all right so we are going to cover just one little thing and then we're going to start taking questions from the community uh why do you think it's a good idea to stream to multiple platforms at once i know you mentioned when you're just starting it's a good thing to test on one and just kind of check Mm -hmm. it out because it's easier but once you are ready once you're confident why is it a good idea to go uh to as many destinations as possible
1: it's to to reach a wider audience it's to meet people where they're at Let's just say, for instance, you know, you might have only like a handful of followers on LinkedIn, but then you have a great amount of followers on YouTube. Well, rather than shunning LinkedIn, why don't you just go ahead and include them in here? Because there's some people that are very much their, their platform exclusive. They don't like some people won't touch Facebook with a 10 foot pole, others really love Facebook and won't touch YouTube so it's understanding that by aggregating out through software like restream multi-streaming is a great way to meet where everybody is at and not have to make them move over you know you can go over and start to talk to people on youtube the most important thing is whether you're going to do restream or other people you're going to need to make sure that you're managing your chat, you're gonna need to make sure that you're identifying every person in that platform. So if you're not able to have all of your chats in one spot, you're gonna have to open up each and every single one of those windows and like flip over, oh, so-and-so on YouTube is blah, blah, blah. I gotta madly go over there. So get it to where you have an aggregated chat and you can identify each person on each one of the platforms. That is really, really, really huge because then you don't look like a crazy person Because someone might be new to you on YouTube and they're like, they start to tune in and and they're like, I don't see that question inside the chat. Whereas if you've got it all uh, multi-streaming and you have it going into one chat, you can say, Clarence from Facebook has this to say, and you can be able to say it. And someone's like, oh, they're streaming over on Facebook. Oh, it just so happens that I'm on Facebook. Building that awareness of where you're at at all times really helps to grow even more take the most and or you know take the least and make the most of it and that's the whole thing with multi-streaming and why I'm so bullish about it
0: I am absolutely loving this transition into the chat because this is exactly what we will be doing right now we'll be taking questions from chat and I will showcase how the studio allows you to actually display comments um and uh questions directly from your community, from all kinds of different platforms. And yes, you can do that using our uh, web uh, version or our desktop application. If you are using OBS or other encoders, but in the studio, it's just super easy to, to show um, every single comment and and react to this. So this is exactly what we are going to do right now. And we are going to start with, uh, oh gosh, there's so many questions here. So I'll start with this one. Ben from YouTube is saying, "I did know Restream was in Austin." Right on, right on. Yes, we're here. Too bad for pandemic. I would have uh, invited you for a beer if if you know things were <laughs> more normal. But yes, we are based in Austin, Texas. We do have people in offices in other locations as well, but we're headquartered here. So hey, hey y'all, as we hey, as we say here. Randy, does it work with uh, Does Restream work with GoPro? that is a good question actually i see that randy from our support team is trying to jump in and he's like restream studio mainly works with web cameras that are attached to your computer so i'm not super familiar with how gopro could be potentially attached to your laptop i know that they recently announced something of that kind that you can use gopro as a web camera um so i don't know if dale you if, if you are if you have any expertise on GoPro, please feel free to jump, uh, jump onto this. But I know that with Stream Studio, you can use any camera as, as your, uh, source, right? Like you just select the web camera that you connected. And if, if you can connect GoPro, I believe you can connect, uh, you can choose and select that as well. And I know, uh, we lost Dale for a second. He'll be hopefully right back on, but yeah, other than that, we'll definitely, uh, get back to this, with our support team and, and cover that question even more. Oh here we go. Welcome back. And in the meantime, while while Dale is getting back to us, I am going to uh highlight a couple of more questions and comments. Stream Deck is useful. Hey, uh Stream Deck is useful. I want one too. Uh yeah, that's great that we were able to cover that. That is really interesting. Uh, it's always you know great to hear what people have uh what kind of suggestions and advice they have about other technology that might not be might not be something that everyone is thinking about. All right. So we will have, uh, gosh, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this name correctly, but uh, one of our viewers from Twitter says, lights, lights, lights. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that is something that we talked about. All right. So we have, uh, oh gosh, I'm sorry that I'm kind of like rumbling through this. There's so many different questions. Different questions, different interesting moments here. All right. From Facebook is asking, question. I do not usually get thumbs down on my YouTube videos or Facebook live streams. What I'm getting now is people complaining that I'm not um, as active as I used to be. How do I encourage people who watch my streams to subscribe? uh, I guess even if I'm not able to like show up daily or something like that, because that is crazy daily show. I don't know how people do that. What's your advice to that, Dale?
1: you're going to have to build into what I call a creed to where you're going to have to have some type of a mission statement. Just simply asking people to subscribe to your YouTube channel or follow you on Facebook is just not enough because it's kind of, this is, this is the translation of subscribe to me or follow me. Me. There's the, the, the powerful word. You have to understand that people are not there for you. They're there for themselves. So, uh, if you can build into you, what your mission statement is, uh, so for instance, when I go live, I typically say to people, Hey, I'm Dale Roberts, a best-selling author and a self-publishing advocate who wants to show you how to publish books sell." And if you want that too, make sure that you subscribe and ring the bell notifications on, so you don't miss a single one of these videos. What I did was I shared with what they can expect to see in my videos and where you place it's gonna be up to you and your comfort level, but I would almost always recommend that you bookend it. Start out your broadcast with telling people what they're gonna expect. Go into your creed, go into your content, and then finish it up with that again. Hey, if you enjoyed today's live video, of course, don't forget to hit the little like button on there. And of course, if you wanna learn more about how to publish books itself, of course, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell notification icon so you don't miss a single one of these videos and these live broadcasts. I know they come a little bit intermittently, but please hang in there with me because I promise you I'll make each and every single one of these live broadcasts worth your while.
0: Yeah, that sounded like a well-trained and well-rehearsed line. I love that. But yeah, absolutely. I think setting expectations is important. For For me, for example, I, I'm a human being. I understand that even though I say it's a weekly show, every Friday we're going to go live, I understand that there will be a moment eventually when I will be on vacation or I can get sick. So it's, I think yeah. very important to communicate with your audience when they should expect you to be live, be as consistent as possible. And then, of course, uh, start building that community, recognize everybody who is showing up, appreciate them, show them that you care. And then with, the, with those people, it would be a lot easier to add that ask of like, hey, do you want to support me? Do you want to subscribe to my channels? Do you want to spread the word about my show? Those kind of things. So definitely. Interesting question here from York from YouTube is someone like me that often streaming to YouTube and Twitch at the same time having an issue that YouTube is always smoother than Twitch? In my case, it's OBS. Mm-hmm. I want to know why. Uh, can someone explain? I think it's. We can even take it to a broader question. Like when you're streaming to several platforms, which Dale, I know you do, uh, yep. you have different quality uh, and different level of smoothness, whatever that you know means for each of, of us. But I, I'm assuming that's just the video quality primarily. How do you how do you remedy that?
1: The very first thing is when it comes to Twitch, YouTube, they're okay with you uploading just about at any level. It could be 1080p at 60 frames per second. They're okay. They have the infrastructure to go ahead and support that. Twitch does not. They have the infrastructure, but they only allow that for certain people that are affiliates and more importantly, partners, and to get affiliate and partner is not an easy thing. Affiliates, I wouldn't call it easy. It's challenging, but as soon as you hit that, you still have some more work to hit Partner, which requires so many followers, so much watch time, things like that. But if you're affiliate, this is something I learned from uh, David Foster over Livestream Pros. If you're gonna be streaming to Twitch, do not go over 720p resolution in 30 frames per second because what's happening is you are trying to shove 10 pounds of manure in a five pound bag. Uh, you're just trying to cram it all in there and Twitch is only allowing you so much as a person who is either an affiliate or less than an affiliate. Like You know, you're just brand new to Twitch streaming. So though you can get away with streaming at 1080p, 60 frames per second through YouTube, it's probably not a good idea to do it to Twitch. So when you're going and multi-streaming, be aware of where you're going and adjust down to the lowest common denominator. So Facebook's another great example. If you try to stream anything above 720, it's going to be potato quality. It's not going to be very good. So if you're going to multi-stream to Facebook, be able to send out to all.
0: All right. I think we lost you for a second. Uh, Dale, can you can you say it again? You see, typical internet internet magic. We'll get Dale right back in just a minute whenever he is ready. And in the meantime, I'm actually going to take um, another question uh, from Terry here, uh, so she's asking what so, so this is a follow up question to her previous question when she was mentioning that when you connect restream to different channels you actually get uh, to give permissions in order to so so restream could uh, send the video feed to all those destinations for you and the different destinations have different permissions so that is correct when you are signing up with Restream and adding your channels you have to give us the permission to send your um, video and send your audio to those destinations and to those uh, channels and different platforms have different requirements and different permissions. So that's why they might vary based on platform, but uh, they are pretty standard and all our users have to give those permissions. So just click accept. If they have any concerns about any specific ones, please reach out to our support. They will break it down for you and explain what exactly that means and why we're asking those permissions. But in general, it's just to allow us to send the video and audio from Restream, use your stream key. Uh, that Dale brought down earlier what that is, that allows you to basically send the video from your computer to those platforms and destinations. We're just trying to make sure that you have the right to add those channels. That's why we're asking you to give those permissions through us. And then you're free to go and then you can send the information and uh, send your video to all those destinations. Alrighty, let's get back to that uh, Twitch versus YouTube different quality thing. If you don't mind just running over that, like running through that question one more time, because there was a little hiccup there, that would be, that would be super helpful. Dale, you get the mic.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry, yeah. My internet's working fine over here, I promise you. Anyway, Twitch only allows you so much when it comes to what you're gonna be able to send to their platform. Uh, same thing goes for, with Facebook. If you plan on multi-streaming to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch in some capacity, adjust your resolution down a little lower and adjust your frames per second down a little lower. I'd recommend if you're doing it to Twitch or Facebook, 720p resolution. At 30 frames per second anything down below that if you try to go above that you're gonna get a lot of buffering and you're gonna get a lot of complaints and you're gonna get a lot of issues and a lot of lag Uh, I just recommend multi-streaming keep it low keep the lowest level that you can without sacrificing good quality streaming because otherwise you just probably shouldn't be multi-streaming to a specific platform if you got to cut it down that low
0: Awesome, we have a really interesting question here from Charles from YouTube. So I'm gonna start with his comment and then the question, we live stream to corporate users via Microsoft Teams at the social channels uh, that are close to corporate networks. Now with COVID-19, issues, are starting to, they're starting to experience issues using social channels. Do you have any advice on how to integrate with Microsoft Teams? Dale, do you have any ideas on how, how one could use Microsoft Teams in the context of live streaming, and and I'll uh, give a couple of comments on, on that from live stream perspective.
1: This this unfortunately is one of those ones that's out of my wheelhouse. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't know much about Microsoft Teams.
0: Me too. Me too. I I'm not I'm using Max. So I'm not really super familiar with how Microsoft Teams work, but I know that uh, a lot of people are using OBS to capture. Another software such as for example Skype or i 'm assuming that Microsoft teams are going to be working similarly as just a chat or like Slack, and then they can stream that to their closed groups on social media so that was one of the one of the ideas that I had and another idea was if you if you're not super attached to Microsoft teams, you could actually use you got it restream studio right like you can actually invite up to ten guests here and you can stream it again to your closed unlisted video on YouTube or to your closed group on Facebook and you can have that internal communication and then you can have that link that you can send to all those people if they want to rewatch that conversation, that presentation, whatever it was. So there are certain ways how to work around that. We don't really have integration with it on the restream side of things to the best of my knowledge, but you can definitely use OBS as a capturing of, of that uh, conversation and, and, then, and, and then stream that. The thing you can do with restream is multi-stream your Zoom meetings. So if Zoom is a thing, For you, you can select custom RTMP destination from Zoom, a list of destinations, make that custom destination restream. And then whatever you have attached to restream, basically your Zoom meeting goes to all those platforms and all those channels. So it's another interesting hack to to consider for those people who are using corporate software. All right. What are you using to to capture the webcam? We are Slobs users. Interesting. So Dale, how knowledgeable are you about slobs?
1: Streamlabs OBS, uh, Yeah, pretty, pretty knowledgeable. I, I used it a lot more before I did OBS Studio actually. What are you using to capture the webcam? My yeah. webcam actually is a Logitech Brio and it's just going directly into Anya's uh, meeting room. All I had to do is just click a link and that's how I was added in. Of course she let me in.
0: <laughs> right, so that's for Studio. If you're using slobs though, is there any specific thing that you need to do in order to get your camera on? Is it, is it complicated in any way?
1: no not at all it's just a simple thing of adding the source if i mean i'd be happy to do a screen share i'm not sure if we're able to to do that or have the the discretionary time so here's what we'll do is let me go into a screen share i'll grab it i'm starting up streamlabs obs right now and okay um here we go and i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna spotlight it so it's gonna be awesome
1: good stuff so you can see it's 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 almost like inception right now this is what i'm seeing over here but this is streamlabs obs So what you'll wanna do is when you wanna add a source, you'll press plus on it, and then you'll go into, for instance, a video capture device. Now, when we add that source in there, we're gonna wanna make sure that we add new source instead. I will name it whatever I want to. We'll go ahead, add source. And at this point, we need to find where our other one's gonna be at. So it could be any one of these things. and In this case, it would be Logitech Brio, which I already have. If for some reason you remember the question was about, you know, doing uh, resolution and such, we can always hit the drop down and go into custom and then change it out. But I'm not going to fiddle around with this because we're, we're live right now. And I don't want to mess us yeah. up. But that's how you're able to add that in there. A uh, beautiful part about using Streamlabs OBS is you don't have to add your microphone, it'll automatically come over here onto your mixer, unlike OBS, where you will have to add it in here. You can actually see my uh, Zoom H6 is over here on the tachometer. So yeah, that's, let me see here, go ahead, stop sharing. So that will show you at least where you're able to add in that. So, and the nice thing is you can put in multiple camera angles if your computer can handle that. You don't wanna have like five cameras up because what's gonna end up happening is it's going to be hogging a lot of resources on your PC and you're having to stream that's even more resources, and then all of a sudden it's going to become very, very laggy because your PC can only handle so much. So be very careful about putting multiple cameras.
0: Sweet. Excellent. Just a couple of questions more before we start wrapping up here. Does Restream Studio come with baby- Basic platform. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I will answer it in two ways how I could understand it. So, does Restream Studio come with a basic plan, so subscription plan? Yes, you can use Restream Studio with your free or standard plan. And the only thing that you'll have to consider is that this little, I think, ah, so you're getting used to this. Over there, uh, you can see this powered by Restream logo. This is our branding, so that watermark will stay if you're on a free plan. If you want to remove it and put your own, you'll need to have a professional plan. Does Restream have a streaming platform? Basic or not basic? No, we're just uh, a solution that allows you to take your video and spread it out or send it to a specific platforms. So we don't have our own platform, so to say. So you'll have to choose something else that already exists in order to send your video to and get your viewers to watch you on that platform, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Periscope, and many, many others. Uh, Does the type of stream you're doing dictate your hardware, chatting, gaming, crafting, etc.? Love that question, Dale. That's yours.
1: Does the type of stream you're doing dictate your hardware? Uh, Absolutely. So if you're a gamer, you're going to need to have a good PC that can support not only gaming, but also streaming that. But let's just say a good friend of mine, Ann Monera, actually, she's a coloring book artist. She doesn't need much. She just colors, pictures, and people watch along and she talks to it. So all she needed to have is a mobile device right over top of her workstation and, and just work from there. So it's, it's all going to depend largely on what it is you're trying to accomplish. Gamers have it a little bit harder than say you or I, Anya, where we can just go on talking head yeah. and just, we can just chat and such, but gamers are going to need to think about, okay. It's going to require so many resources for me to play games, grab my camera, use OBS or Streamlabs OBS, go over to the aggregate stream platform or wherever platform we're going to be shooting from. That's going to require a lot. And that's why I always just recommend that regardless of who you are, if you're new to live streaming, test, test a few times. So that way you are sure that you have the right type of hardware.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those who are just joining me, let me quickly reintroduce you. My guest today is Dale Roberts. He is the content creator, YouTuber. He's also creator of live streaming tech channel. Uh, You can check it out on YouTube. And he is a self-publishing expert and brand building consultant. We're talking about live streaming technology today. And we are going to actually take one last question here uh, and kind of like slowly transition into our finishing, like wrap up section of this conversation. So I am trying to actually find that question. And I apologize that I'm kind of like trying to to find it and can't can't do that. I was requesting that pin feature for our studio where you can pin questions that you're planning to ask later. But the question was actually about how to grow your audience on uh, YouTube. How, what kind of techniques and what kind of tactics can you use to grow and, and, and get more followers, get more subscribers and more viewers for your videos?
1: Consistency is going to be key. If you can, and you're planning on just using live streaming, you're going to need to set a schedule of some sort. I know it's, it stinks, and maybe some of you are like, oh, man, but I hate having that. That feels like a job then. But the thing is, we're all creatures of habit, and when we can kind of anticipate something coming up, we will pin it on our calendar. We'll put a reminder on our phone. We will go and make sure we show up, and so that's going to be the most important thing is consistency is key when it comes to becoming successful over on YouTube, and the next thing is you need to, when you first started out on YouTube, is optimize your videos for searchability so you're going to need to figure out how do i title my videos and my live streams in a way that people can discover it so whatever it is that you plan on streaming it needs to get it to where think about again that ideal viewer how are they looking for you and how can you title your stream in a way that you're gonna be discovered? And then take that information and furthermore, build out a description so that way that indexes you even more. YouTube's a powerful, powerful search engine. And one of the greatest ways to leverage that is through how you title it and the very next thing is your thumbnail. If you can get a good clickable thumbnail and that gets a little bit more nerd level, but all that to say, this is if you can get those two things dialed in the next part. That's going to be the hardest is keeping them watching for longer periods of time. YouTube will reward you with more viewers. If you can keep people on the platform watching as long as possible. And as a live streamer, it's one of the greatest ways to do it. I'll tell you, like I've got a great audience retention rate because when I go live, I keep people interested and I keep them engaged and wanting to stay on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to kind of Flow into the next question because our next question is about monetization. But just to preface this a little bit to monetize, what are monetization options do streamers have, how to monetize your audience and content? I can say that for a person who works with influencers and who is actively sponsoring people to promote Restream, one of the top things that I'm looking at is not necessarily how many followers you have, how many subscribers you have, but exactly that thing that Dale just mentioned. It is how many people are actually showing up to your streams, how many people care about what you have to say. How many people are engaged in conversation chatting liking commenting afterwards that is the value that you're bringing to anybody when you're trying to monetize this is what the sponsors and anyone who is looking to work with you is going to be looking at so it's not necessarily the number of those people who click that sub especially on youtube we all are subscribed to some channels that we don't watch ever and don't care about but it's about the active people who you are able to capture and constantly uh keep keep those conversations going with them So Dale, what's your what's your take on monetization? How to monetize your channel and audience? You nailed it.
1: Yeah, it's it's great actually, and it's like you know the funny thing is, is, if there's anybody that is a live streamer, you just heard a an ambassador, a a brand liaison in Anya explain to you what she's looking for, and so I think that's that's the thing is your sense of community. They would rather brands would rather see you have five super engaged people than 5,000 people that never say a single word to you. They wanna make sure that you're you're staying engaged, but that's sponsorship deals are, are definitely, I, I love doing it. And I'm not just saying that Anya, you because you're here. And sponsorship deals are fantastic. The, Different partner programs, depending on where you're at. YouTube partner programs. Fantastic. Don't try to pay your bills on it because sometimes it can come be, become a little bit unreliable. There's the Twitch affiliate and partner program as well. That's fantastic. So think about the platform that you're streaming to. And if they have a monetization program that you can get involved in and how do you get there and build goals to reach that point. The next way to do things is. How can you monetize your knowledge and your skill set? What can you do? Could it be like, for instance, you have an exclusive Patreon that you send people over to and you have, I don't know, live doily knitting, you know? Or whatever it could be that's your, your expertise. Or maybe you have a course of some sort and you show people how to do what you do and you're able to bring them in through that way. Other ways are like merch merchandise is also another way and the beautiful thing about it here folks is merchandise to do print on demand it's free it's free there are some places where it costs money to do an account but i recommend go to different platforms that will do it for free teespring will do it for free let's see your merch by amazon free zazzle's got a free option and all those got a premium one as well but you get the idea merchandise, because if you start to grow this community, one of the nice things is that some people are gonna be like, oh man, I love this Dale. Like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and support him. I'm gonna buy one of his shirts and they will go ahead and buy it. And it, you'll be surprised, people will invest it. So you've got partner programs, you've got sponsorship deals, you've got courses, and you also have consulting and coaching. So that might not be for everybody, but sometimes if you're able to leverage your time, and your knowledge and skill set to teach other people, then that's just another way to do it. Now, that's just scratching the surface when it comes to monetization. I can talk all day about this. Affiliate marketing programs that you can get involved in. There's numerous collaboration opportunities that you can take advantage of. What I would recommend to you, Shane, is be mindful of the partnerships and collaborations that you do. Because you're going to run into some people that want to use and abuse you. They're gonna try to leverage you and they're gonna go, well, we're just gonna give you a free product. Uh, Don't devalue what you bring to the table. And I always look at it this way, and I'm not trying to be you know, full of myself and narcissistic or anything else like that, but understand where you're going. Don't think about where you are. So if right now you're watching this and you're like, I've only got 20 subscribers on YouTube right now, that's not enough. Think about where you're going. Cast vision on that because when you can be able to communicate with other brands and people that are coming to you and they're like, they're like oh, check out my microphone. I'll give it to you for free if you give me a video review. Uh, no, that requires time, energy, attention and also they're leveraging you to get to your audience. So just remember your value. I just wanted to add that one in there. I see a lot of people that devalue what they're bringing to the table—it just—it breaks my heart sometimes to see some creators that are just willing to just receive free things and do stuff for free for brands that otherwise are making money hand and fist from this this collaboration.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's also a good a good kind of like sniff test on is this this. Is the kind of partner that you want to be sponsored by, right? Is this the kind of brand that you want to work with the brand that, of course, different brands have different budgets. Restream is not, you know, a huge corporation our budgets are limited. We can not throw millions of dollars on, on content creators, even if we wanted to. But at the same time, I think it's important to understand that the brand values you, you have some. Kind of agreement that is mutually beneficial to everybody and don't get us wrong there's nothing wrong about doing some kind of promotion or some kind of endorsement for free if you really love the tool or if you really love something i think if anything for beginning streamers for those who are just early on their journey this is a great opportunity to reach out to someone like logitech or microphone or restream even and say hey guys we made this tutorial video about you we love your platform we use it we created this feature review would you be interested in working with us on a sponsor basis moving forward? I think that is actually a really cool yeah. trick, even though it is something that when you invest your time and energy into producing something for for free technically at that moment. But it's a long it's a long capital gain potentially because if our team loves what you did, we're going to sponsor you. We're going to work with you, and that is something that pot- potentially worth investment if you are confident that this is the type of brand that you can associate with and, and do a really great job for. All right, yeah. so we. Well, you know,
1: actually, can can I cut in, you know, you found us actually before we came to you. And so we weren't doing it for for anything. We just loved restream stuff. We were putting out videos. And Anya happened to come over knock on our door. And it was just like, Hey, love to talk to you guys. And I was like, it just so happens.
0: I want to talk to you
1: too. I've got some videos up and you were like, I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you won't believe it how many people, if, you are into, if you're into, creating some kind of how-to tutorial, feature reviews, educational content, you won't believe it how many people in my position are spending days of their working week on internet doing one simple thing, searching for creators who are covering our software, our product, our stuff, and the stuff of competitors. This is something that every single influencer marketer is doing as we speak, as we are running this show right now. They are looking for people who are creating content, then they watch what you created. And if they love your presentation, your skills, your knowledge, the way you present the product, the way you talk to your community and how engaging you are, guess what? You're going to get that email. You're going to get a Twitter message or something from them because they'll be like, Hey, we saw what you did. This is interesting. Let's talk. So that's definitely a great way to build your expertise to kind of excel your skills in in doing those kind of videos and and that kind of content, and then potentially simultaneously build the path for monetization for that content in the future. So yeah, here's some good expertise stuff. So we're going to start wrapping it up. It's such a great conversation. It's really hard to to finish it, but I wanted to end it with a couple of uh, like kind of like borderline fantasy questions and kind of personal questions as well for Dale, because I like to keep it personal and kind of like build a, bring a little bit of personality into the expert that we're interviewing. So one thing I was really curious about, since Dale, you love to bring props and like show different things, I was going to talk to you about the platforms of future. So it's just like one of the things that, you know, like we're sitting here in this coronavirus era when everything is going to change, nothing is going to be the same, you know, like all this like doom day scenarios are coming out. With all that in mind, with all this political and kind of like social climate in mind, how do you think the platforms, the the social media platforms and streaming platforms of the future will look like? And let's talk like something 10 years from now and something 100 years from now. Like what are the platforms and the trends that you see right now that you can envision that will stay and something that may be completely crazy and uh, incomprehensible right now that you think might be appearing in the future for streaming?
1: Okay, you're talking to an author here, somebody that just like creativity is my thing. So I would say over the next five years, we're gonna start to see more of the infrastructures on live streaming platforms resembling, if not being better than what YouTube has to offer. YouTube's the big dog in town, but you know, Twitch is pretty much the live streaming platform right now. They are crushing it in watch time hours. I anticipate it's owned by Amazon they're going to eventually pivot to where they will allow more uh, of an upload to where you're not having to cap it out because you're not affiliate or a partner. They're gonna allow more because what does that mean? When you can give better quality streams, that means more people are gonna come, more people are gonna stay, more people are gonna refer more people over there. I anticipate seeing uh, Facebook, Facebook just got really, they won the lottery They won the lottery and mixer closing down and forwarding everybody to the Facebook gaming platform. That's going to be huge. I think Facebook's going to step it up because they know that right now, quite frankly, that their video stream quality can sometimes be lacking. I'm just going to be nice. But I foresee that next five years, we're, we're going to be seeing 4k is going to be the regular and the cost to stream at that level is going to be considerably lower than it is today. It's, it just reminds me of back when VCRs first came out, you know, and now you go get a VCR, it's, they're cheap, to go ahead and grab one, you know? And then hundred years down the road, it's going to be crazy. My creativity is opening up and I'm just spitballing here with you, Anya. Mm-hmm. Um, I anticipate it's going to get to the point that attention is going to be the new currency. No longer will we be looking at US dollars or yen or pounds or euros that it's gonna to get to the point that if you can capture someone's attention, you will be rewarded with that. That will be the new currency. And the more that you can capture that attention, the more you can pay your bills, you can get things that you want, that you can live life on your own terms. I, I really believe 100 years down the road, it's gonna be a different atmosphere altogether. The technology, we're gonna look back at this, it's gonna remind us of eight tracks our to MP3s. You know, eight, eight tracks, by the way, if any you, know, you kids don't know what that is, just Google it up. It's just night and day compared to what we're dealing with the digital era. The digital era that we're living in right now is going to be, it's gonna seem archaic in another 100 years, but I believe that attention is gonna be the absolute currency by that I time. Love,
0: I love that, I love that. And to add to that, like my personal 100 years per, uh, forecast of what's gonna be happening, it is it, probably, so here at Restream, we have this theory that life is the future of content, right? So we started with texts, with blogs, and uh, with information that was in the form of article. Then Instagram came in and revolutionized that word with images. Like the message was the image, the picture, the cool filter thing, that like, very graphic and very visionary experience. And then the next level was videos, right? Like uploaded videos, bloggers, YouTube. And now we are obviously experiencing a massive boom of live streaming. So what is beautiful about live streaming? It's interactive. We just included all these people who showed up to our stream today from all different platforms into our conversations. We took their questions. Potentially, even right now with restream technology, and that's not the biggest fish in the pond, obviously, uh, we could drop the link that... Dale has as a guest and include people with their live videos into this conversation and make them a part of of our discussion even in that crazy way. So I think the platforms of future will have more interactive, more ability for users and uh, viewers and audiences to directly affect what's going on on the screen and and generate things, right? Like click a button, like click a thing that will completely change the course of our conversation and interaction. And this is something that a lot of gaming um, industry people are already experimenting with. So this is exciting. So I am envisioning that world where people like holographically will just jump into each other's content and revolutionize and reimagine it, um, and do crazy things like that. So yeah, that's, that's my, that's my vision and version of future reality, uh, of live streaming.
1: Love the question.
0: thank you thank you I thought I thought we should uh, end this with something fun so this is our show today we're already a little bit past our normal one hour thank you so much everybody for showing up Dale thank you so much for battling the power outage like how apocalyptic is that how futuristic and like steampunk is that like despite any kind of power outage Dale is here. He shared his tips. We talked about tech. We talked about monetization and how to grow your audience with across different platforms. And yeah, so this is going to be it. I'm going to hide you, Dave, for just, Dale, for just a little bit, just to close this up. And then I'll, I'll be right back with you once we are offline and not live anymore. Um, thank you thank so you. much for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All righty. Um, Thank you for all the people who were today in the chat great questions great conversations this was really interesting and fun again apologies for being a little bit late we're trying to make sure that we predict crazy power outages in the future and kind of plan for them it was absolutely wonderful to have you all here today i love hanging out with you guys this is going to be our weekly show next friday we are going to interview another guest and we are going to announce them in the beginning of the week please tune in please join us please send us questions i'm going to come back and respond to most of your comments on different platforms after the show ends uh, because i absolutely love to recognize and encourage everybody who mentioned something who contributed in this conversation it was absolutely lovely to hang out with you today and uh, just so you know Starting this week, we actually have more content on our channels. We have our weekly shows on Tuesday with our guest host, Ian Gray. He's going to be talking about different things about live streaming uh, and also interview certain uh, experts and guests. We have every other Wednesday Q&A sessions for people who specifically want to talk about Restream and have questions about our software, how things work, how much it costs, what to do in in specific situations, how to troubleshoot. We do that with our customer success team. And on Thursdays, we have Behind the Streams. This is also our new show with a host, guest, I guess guest host, Dylan Hay. He is showing uh, a bunch of demos and kind of like behind the scenes of streaming world. So please tune in into those. And of course, Friday Lives are here every Friday. I absolutely love every one of you and I hope to see you next Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, bye.